from the banks of the Yiga River to the mountains of Boshem, beside homestead hearths, around travelers' campfires, on the streets of cities great and small, her stories are told. Destroyer of demons, swindler of spirits, former prefect of the celestial city, 10,000 voices telling 10,000 tales. Hear them now as they tell the tales of Frost Cricket. The Three True Loves of Frost Cricket. Second Love, Cade, Who Needs No Title. Part Two. I was told that once, when the land was young and the lawgivers walked with man, Frost Cricket, humble prefect of the celestial city, was visited by an oracle of Yon Koga, who prophesied of romance. You will find true love three times in your life, stately prefect. Once here in the celestial city, twice on a bloody battlefield, thrice on the banks of the endless sea. Only one of them will truly love you in return. Which one, I cannot say. It is possible you will someday meet a fourth and final love. If you do, woe to us all, for it will be a sign of the end of this world. Frost Cricket's second love was Cade, who needs no title. A warrior and fellow champion of the Celestial City. The two of them spent many years exchanging love letters while Cade was at war, till they finally came together at the Battle of Sinareva. There, Frost Cricket created a charm to help Cade in battle, but Cade refused, saying there would be another day when it was needed more. From that day on, Frost Cricket followed Cade from battle to battle, waiting to see if her magical charm was needed. Yet it never was, so long as the Celestial City watched over the Earth. The will of the lawgivers could not be confounded. But as time went on, the Celestial City grew corrupt and venal. The people no longer upheld the law or sought the lawgivers' counsel. Tragically, the Celestial City fell, and the ancient, inhuman enemies of the lawgivers, the old kind, gathered in great numbers. Led by their enormous and deadly chieftain, the pre-dead descended on the shattered remains of the Celestial City. Cade assembled what remained of her forces and rode out to stop the old kind from destroying what was left. She knew that wherever Frost Cricket was, she would have seen the Celestial City fall and return there, knowing her charm was needed. But where was the fifth champion? Unfortunately, she had been lost, wandering a deep, dark forest with no clear eyeline to the Celestial City. Nevertheless, when it fell, Frost Cricket felt it in her bones. Before her appeared the mocking silhouette of death itself. It was known to many that death was embarrassed Frost Cricket had evaded its grasp for so long. Finally got me, huh? Well, good for you, you greasy old dirtbag. Frost Cricket shrugged, weary from her travels. But death shook its head. You have evaded me for a long time, old woman. But today is not your day. However, I have heard the hymn of reckoning played by my retinue for another 
champion, and I simply must collect her myself. Frost Cricket's breath caught in her throat. Not Cade. Death's only response was mocking <laughs> laughter. It transformed into an enormous, hunched vulture and took to the sky on oil-black wings. Frost Cricket immediately chased after it, fearing her charm was needed now more than ever. But as Cade's army arrived at the ruins of the Celestial City and set upon the monsters that bedeviled it, Frost Cricket was not there. The armies fought for hours to a standstill. It was then that the eldest of the Kree dead, an enormous, suppurating monster, challenged Cade directly. Knowing she could not wait, Cade yelled a belligerent war cry and attacked the monster with only a broken blade and her well-trained hands. Frost Cricket followed death as it flew across the land, straight towards the ruins of the Celestial City. She did her best to keep up, and they crossed the entire Earth in less than a day. But death's wings were powerful indeed, and soon it was far ahead of Frost Cricket. Still, she did not stop or falter, and arrived as soon as she could. The battle was over, and all around were corpses, being tended by scavenger monks. She ignored them, and ran quickly to the center of the battle, where blood drenched the earth. There, Frost Cricket saw death, hunched over Cade, who lay dying, and she cried out in anguish. As she did, Cade's spirit, hale and healthy, rose from her body and stood alongside death. The ground split open beneath them to an ancient, hand-carved stairwell, and they descended. Resolving that it was not over, Frost Cricket leapt through the opening just as it closed. She chased after them, following down the winding stair, deep into the underworld. Long and hard was the journey through the underworld. Frost Cricket lost herself in the smoking, twisted maze of obsidian branches and thorns that snared and caught dead souls as they flew by. During her journey, Frost Cricket saw many faces. Some she had killed, and some she had called friends. She witnessed the tortures of those who rejected the law, and the rewards of those who upheld it. Of those, we have no time to speak, but know that they are numbered and named, and some even helped Frost Cricket find her way again. One of them gave Frost Cricket a special compass, one that would allow her to return to the earth above. But these are all tales for another day. Finally, Frost Cricket reached the center of the underworld, where Death's Fortress held the most powerful and exceptional mortals. There, it could keep a watchful eye on them, even in death. Frost Cricket smashed the doors down with her brass rod, kicked the shins of every guard that tried to stop her with her iron-shod boots, and made her way to Death's Court. There, she found Cade at the table of an enormous feast. Cade rose to greet her with kisses, Hey, you're here early. Come on, sit beside me. We'll catch up. But Frost Cricket would not sit. We gotta get out of here. When I say go, you... Cade's face contorted in anger. Why would you do that? Don't you remember how dope my death was? Death rose from its throne, furious that its banquet had been interrupted. Frost Cricket stepped between Death and Cade, brandishing her brass rod. Back off, Greaseball! There is nothing you can do, champion. 
crowed Death. Cade is mine. The Weaver has snipped her thread, and you must abide by it. It is the law, and the law is greater than all of us. Frost Cricket knew that this was true, and yet she resisted. Death saw that she was racked with grief, and offered a compromise. Perhaps you might say goodbye. I will wait. Cade took Frost Cricket in her arms. I'm not going. I just refilled my cup, and that guy's going to tell us how he killed a dragon king. Frost Cricket shook her head. I promised I'd save you, and I messed it up. Like a stupid old woman. Cade laughed. <laughs> oh, don't be so dramatic. Remember who's the dead one here? Death's actually pretty cool. It's the stuff right before it that sucks. Can you be serious for one second? This is our last chance to... to... Tears flowed from Frost Cricket's eyes. Cade wiped them away, then took Frost Cricket's head in her hands. Stop crying and kiss me. And Frost Cricket did. It was still not as perfect as their first kiss, but it was close. I'll see you sooner than you think. Frost Cricket promised as their lips parted. Cade took Frost Cricket's hand and held it tightly. Sing my last rites for me. Fighting tears, Frost Cricket began to sing the oldest hymn, the Liturgy of the Lawgivers the song that all must sing when their loved ones pass on. All of the guests at the banquet, which included many priest royals of the Celestial City, wept at the passion of the hymn. Even death itself was moved by their love then. But it had been waiting for the day it would take a champion of the Celestial City, and it would not relinquish its claim. When she was done, Frost Cricket knelt before Death. Take me. Let me stay here with her. Death refused. Not out of malice, but propriety. Your day will come, Frost Cricket. But I have not heard my musicians play your song, so the earth above yet has need of you. Go, or I'll chase you out like a stray fox cat. So, Frost Cricket left Death's palace, alone and grieving. She did not get far before she began weeping again. Her eyes were so wet with tears that she misread the compass and wandered the mists of the underworld for 500 years. It was among these mists that she finally used the charm she had intended for Kate, her true love, and did so bitterly. Soon after, she returned to the mortal world. Not where she left it, but in the middle of the endless ocean. She would spend another 500 years navigating its waters, battling monsters and pirates. One day, she landed upon its shores, where she would meet her third and final true love. Yet even then, she still loved Cade, and pined for the day they would be reunited in death. But all of these events are tales that deserve their own telling. And after such a long and sorrowful saga, all of them will have to wait for another day. Frost Cricket was played by Megan Russell. To see more from her, check out her Twitter at Megan N. Russell. Cade, who needs no title, was played by Cassie Price. 
To hear more from her, go back and listen to old episodes of Frost Cricket. Tales of Frost Cricket is written, narrated, and produced by Joseph Stilwell, and edited by Wes Walcott. Our cover art was drawn by Matthew K. Hoddy. To see more from him, check out patreon.com slash mkhoddy. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Or follow us on Twitter at FrostCricket. Joe and Wes would love to collaborate with other creators on Tales of Frost Cricket. If you're interested, email animisticengine at gmail.com. You can support the show financially by becoming a patron of the Cave Goblin Network. Visit patreon.com slash cavegoblins and sign up today. Your monthly support goes directly into creating more Frost Cricket, including exclusive bonus content for backers. Or if you want to make a one-time donation, visit ko-fi.com slash animisticengine. Thank you for listening. Doug Vandalay here for Comedy Zeitgeist on the Cave Goblin Network. Each week I sit down with a comedian to talk about their career and their comedic influences. Learn about your favorite comedians talking about their favorite comedians. That's Comedy Zeitgeist on the Cave Goblin Network. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.